Hallelujah. Woo! You may be seated if you can. Maybe some of you can't. Some of you can. Praise the Lord. Great to see everybody tonight. Worship team, thank you so much for helping us tonight. And our production team as well. We're so grateful for all of you guys. First Encounters team, you did a good job. We, we made you guys turn it over quick tonight. You know, Lord's Supper, quick, put it down. Get the offering baskets. Let's go. Help the people out front. Welcome to King of Kings, everyone. We're so happy to have you tonight. Happy to have you here in the house in Jerusalem. A beautiful crowd here tonight, full house. Welcome everybody watching online as well around the world. Kings Community Live, YouTube, Facebook, everywhere. We welcome you. We know that there are people. Uh, our team already sent me some notes uh, from all around the world, but people watching in Poland, Slovakia, and Switzerland, UK, France, and so many countries, too many to mention. Welcome to Jerusalem. We're happy to have you tonight. We've got some wonderful friends and family in the house tonight. Um, let me just first start with some that are, that are physically related to us, you know, um, Joanna, your parents are here today. Good to see you guys. Bless you today. And uh, I know uh, um, uh, Tyro's father-in-law is here. Pastor Anselmo from Amazon Brazil is here today. And he's somewhere. I saw him. That's Monique's father. So you know Monique who runs the Moms to Moms, one of our deaconess. And uh, that's, that's her father. We also have Jeff Futers here from First Century Foundations. Thank you and your family for being here, Jeff. Good to see you as well. First Century Foundations is part of the King of Kings family. We get to do a lot of things together. Uh, we did a great episode last week from our, our TV show together. That was a lot of fun. Thank you so much. And, and King of Kings Tours has a group here tonight. Victory Church, where are you tonight? There you are. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. From Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Pastor Kurt and Pam Seberg. Bless you guys. I can't see everything up here just because of the lights, but I'm sure you're here. Oh, to my right. There you are. Good to see you, pastors. You guys look great. And listen, a dear friend of mine, uh, just deep in my heart, he'd been a mentor of mine, Pastor David McQueen. Good to see you today. Beltway Park team, glad to have you tonight. I get a chance to come see you in a couple of months, don't I? It's going to be fun to be together. But listen, we've got some other friends uh, tonight, some, uh, some new folks that we just want to welcome. And um, you know what? I forgot to also mention uh, Pastor Carol Marr is here from Fort Worth. So thank you, Pastor Carol, and your group, if you were able to make it tonight. And then on Friday night, we had a chance. What an honor. Uh, we had a chance to host for Shabbat meal, um, Awakening Church out of Rhode Island. Pastor Jordan is here tonight. Pastor Jordan. And listen, my, you know, my apologies, I wasn't able to join you on Shabbat. Uh, our team did a great job. I got video of it, so I know it went pretty well. But I was preaching in the city of Perea. That's a P, not a K. I was not in Korea. I was in Perea. And then on Saturday, I got a chance to preach at one of our uh, congregations in Haifa. So that's where I've been this weekend. It's been a wonderful weekend. We also have the group from Joachim Weiss is here as well. We bless you guys. So happy to have you tonight. There you are. Man, I'm glad we had enough elements for everybody tonight. I really, great job, team, getting all the matzah together. I noticed maybe we had to break the matzah in smaller pieces than we normally do, but 
I think we made it. And then the Lyric group from Germany as well. Bless you guys from Germany. Glad to have you tonight. Um, today is the 32nd day of counting of the Omer. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam. Asher kishonu b'chazdo v'tivano asifriyat HaOmer. Hayom yom shlishim shtayim. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us by your grace and commands us to count the 50 days from the Passover Sabbath to the day of Shavuot, the Feast of Weeks, because we anticipate a great gift of God given to us in the Holy Spirit. So we obey that. We take that stuff seriously. When he says do it, we try to do it. We're not trying to find ways around the word. We're trying to find ways into the word. You know what I mean? Uh, Today is also day number one, come on, King of Kings family, day number one of the 21 days of prayer. And this is important because we've been preparing ourselves to launch into this battle in the next 21 days. We will culminate also on the weekend of Shavuot Pentecost. We'll do it together after these 21 days are all finished. And what are we praying for? We are praying for the salvation of Israel and the Jewish people, the Arab people here in Israel, all of our, our friends and family and our cousins in this region, we're praying for the peace of Jerusalem. We're praying for revival and a breakthrough at the end of this age so that our Messiah can come back. That's what we're praying for. And as a congregation, we've been, we've been getting better and better at coming together, whether it be a small group or prayer time, one of our home groups or our corporate worship service, not to watch something. This is not a show. We've been getting better and better at participating and engaging in battle together. We've invited you to engage in worship through song. We've invited you to engage in the worship of covenant renewal or covenant making in the Seudat Hadon, the elements of the Lord's Supper. I'm gonna ask you to join me for just a moment to engage in intercessory prayer. Can we do that before we start the word tonight? We're gonna pray for the salvation of Israel, the Jewish people, the Arab people. We know that Romans 11 has to start here. The first great revival started here. What makes you think the last one won't start here? Can you stand with me one more time here before we dive into the word? We're just going to take 60 seconds. Whatever language you want to speak, speak that language as we pray. Father, in the name of Yeshua, we ask you, we call down the Holy Spirit power and presence over this nation. We know this nation has a priestly calling. We're supposed to be a light to the world, and we have not always done that. We repent, God. We ask for forgiveness. Would you wash us clean? Would you let us start fresh and anew? We were never supposed to take your word without the power of your spirit. We have neglected the power of the Holy Spirit, and for that, we are sorry, God, in heaven. Would you fill us today with wisdom, with boldness, with courage, with exacting words? Would you give us the sword of the spirit sharpened once again? Give us the Bible in our heart that we would never have to worry about what to say, but at just the right moment, Holy Spirit, you would tell us what to say to touch the heart that is in front of us. Break down the strongholds over this nation. Break down the strongholds, the barriers, the dominions of darkness that live and try to dwell over Jerusalem. We pray against the spirit of anti-Semitism. We pray against the spirit of hate in this region that cultures are throwing at one another. God, we say we stand in the middle. We stand as an interest 
intercessory group that we don't pick a side because we belong to the army of the Lord. We serve the commander of the Lord's army and he has been sent here to bring peace upon this earth. Oh, great Prince of Peace, we serve you today. Thank you for giving this opportunity to us at the end of the age that we can usher in the return of a great revival and the return of our Messiah, Yeshua. And it is in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. You may be seated if you can. It's a lot of ways to connect tonight. As it is day one, when the service is over in just a little bit, we're going to invite some of you that would like to continue the night of worship and prayer and intercession to join us in the summit for our afterglow. Both the in-house people will be up there physically leading worship and praying, as well as the King's Highway online group will be joining them. Joanna, you're gonna have them join as well. So everyone's gonna be connecting at day one as we kick off the 21 days of prayer. Now, we're in a series called The Battlefields. The Battlefields. And last week we looked at the expectations of being in a battle. We tried to remind ourselves that when we said yes to Yeshua, what did he hand us but a sword? Welcome to my kingdom. Here's a sword. Here's your armor. Get ready to fight. Amen. Far too long we've, we've received the gospel as if it was the ticket to go lay on the couch because now everything's going to be just fine. Everything's going to be all right. Nothing will ever be hard again. I don't know if that's the gospel you heard. I just want to enlighten you. That was not the correct gospel. Those of us that have been in the faith a long time, we can testify that's not the true gospel. We want you to hear the real gospel, that when you said yes to Yeshua, you enlisted into his army, and you were given an assignment. We reviewed last week the last three great physical battles of the age before this heaven and earth passes away. We reviewed those. Revelation chapter 16, the battle of Armageddon. Now here in Israel, of course, we know that as the, the Mount of Megiddo, Har Megiddo, that's where the, the term of Armageddon comes from. Then we reviewed the second one, which is a combination of Zechariah 12 and Revelation 19. It appears to be the same battle over Jerusalem that culminates in the return of Yeshua to start his 1,000-year reign on this earth. That's the battle over Jerusalem. It's like it starts in the north and then it works its way down. And then after that 1,000-year reign, we looked at Revelation chapter 20, the very last battle mentioned, and it's also the battle over Jerusalem, but it's after the 1,000-year reign. So these are the physical battles. These are the things that are going to happen on earth. The nations will rise up. They will unite with the beast and the dragon and the harlot, and they'll all get together and the false prophet, and they're going to try to unite the nations of the world against the people of God. And we have a front row seat for it. Now, we have identified these physical battles that are coming, and we have identified that there are, also, there are also spiritual forces and spiritual battles in the heavenlies. Last week, we were given some marching orders to keep watch, be ready, stand firm, and stay faithful to the Lord's ways so that this is the activity that the Lord is commissioning all of us to do in conjunction to preach the gospel, make disciples, teach the truth. 
Keep watch, be ready, stand firm, stay faithful. But there are also battlefields that are not just outside of us. You know, a lot of times there's battlefields inside of us. Hmm. That one's a little harder to swallow. We don't mind talking about the battles out there. In the spirit world, we get to, we don't fight against flesh and blood, but in the spirit, I feel like we're punching and kicking and shooting and bow and arrow and whatever we're doing to the evil one. And that one's okay a lot of times, but every once in a while, we realize that we got to bring this home a little bit, and we find that the battle is inside of us. And that'll be our focus tonight. The battle within is not just about choosing God's law over sin, although that certainly is a battle that we're going to deal with. But even the fleshly battles start with believing the truth or not. Do we believe the truth over Satan's lies? This is where the battle actually begins inside of us. We're going to give you three key phrases tonight, and our, our first one is coming up now. We do not choose sin over God's law unless we have been convinced first that there is a benefit to engaging in the sin. You see, the way Satan works is he's, he's a liar. That's his tongue, that's his character, that's his pattern, and he's an angel of light. So he will take the lie and try to make the lie look as beautiful and attractive and beneficial as he can. And then he will put that on the table for you to look at. You know, choice is the final decision we make to do or not do something, to believe or not believe something based on all of the inputs that we have received in our lifetime. It's almost like, think of a table and the world is putting information on the table. Satan is putting information on the table. Your friends are putting information on the table. The media is putting information on the table. Your past is putting information on the table. And God is putting information on the table. And now you're standing at this buffet of information and knowledge. Most of it not true, by the way. And we have to learn to sift through that and move it out of the way to find God's truth. It's not always easy, but the Holy Spirit inside of us, that spirit of truth says, you recognize it when you see it. You should recognize it when you see it. And this battle for truth is constantly about fighting the lies around us, primarily from Satan. John 8, 44, Yeshua speaking to the religious leaders, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. And when he lies, he speaks his native language for he is a liar and the father of lies. We saw that back in the garden when this pattern first started. He was trying to convince Adam and Eve that there was a benefit to believing the lie. You could be like God because God is holding something back from you. He's tricking you. There's a benefit here. 
take the fruit of this tree that you're not supposed to eat from, and then you will be elevated to the level of God. And God doesn't want you at that level because he's jealous. It's this lie, it's a trick, he makes it attractive. Don't you want to receive the benefit of being at the same level of God? It came with a, a lying benefit. And Adam and Eve went through this. Satan convinced them of this lie. It was found in Genesis 3, 4, and 5. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good. Which brings us to our second key phrase. Let's put that one up there. We have to decide on what is truth and what is a lie before we make a decision on what path to follow. We are always rem remarkably surprised at how simple things get when you boil them down. Your parents did something to you. You made bad decisions. You have a past. People hurt you. They disappointed you. Lots of people in here have gone through trauma and abuse and tragic things and we're not belittling any of those things. They're hard. They're real. They're painful. But all of them exist on the table of knowledge. And in the very end of all processes in the kingdom, the last step is what will you choose? God gave you the power to choose. You will always choose to forgive, not forgive, to love, not to love, to serve, not to serve, to embrace, not to embrace. And even though you could go through all kinds of therapy and counseling and self-help books and blogs and videos and courses and sermons and classes, it's all good and helpful, but at the last moment, you still have to decide what you're going to do, what you're going to believe, what you're going to say, what you're going to let into your life. And this is why we can never pawn that off on someone else like, they made me do it. No, God says the very last moment, it's always your choice. It's, it's you alone. You stand there alone and you make a decision. And that's why Satan's always trying to convince us of what decision he would like us to make. Because he's afraid of us when we make the right decision. The devil's schemes of relative morality, that means morality that's always moving and you can't really pin it down for something concrete. He does this to keep people from making solid decisions on what is truth. Therefore, making the battle of righteous living through good decision-making much more difficult and confusing when you say, I want truth, I want absolute truth, and the world around you says, yeah, but that little thing of truth that you're looking for, it's constantly moving. After all, what, you know, what is marriage? We haven't really struggled with marriage for six, 7,000 years. We, we all kind of figured it out. It's pretty simple. 
man asks a woman, will you be my wife? Then we live together, stay faithful. It's pretty simple, pretty easy, straightforward. We've all understood it. And then all of a sudden, in this generation, what's marriage? I don't know. Is it, what does it mean? What's a man? Feel like we figured that out a long time ago. What's a, what's a woman? I don't know. It's like we've, we lost it. I don't know. I had, I had it. I had, I had the card which told me what a woman was, and I lost it, and I have no idea what it is now. I, relative morality, moving around. What is parenting? Can't find it. What is love? What is serving? What is truth? What is right? What is wrong? We ate from the knowledge of tree and evil, uh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I promise you, you know right from wrong. Every human knows right from wrong. And everybody who says they don't, they're just pretending. Everyone is pretending. Everybody in the world now thinks they're an actor or an actress. Right? I mean, I realize that there's a lot of hurt and trauma and mental instabilities and, and handicaps. I get it. You guys know my family. You know I have a child that struggles. But we're living in a world where everybody's pretending. I know I was born like this, but I want to dress like this and pretend. Well, I want to get the seniors discount too when I go to get a steak at night. I'm going to be 75 years old. I'd like to pretend that for a few minutes. Can I do that? Oh, no, you can't pretend that way because that doesn't advance the agenda. You, you can only pretend if it advances an agenda. And see, the devil has built into the culture moving relative morality so that it makes everyone confused about what it is. Now, some of us that are older in the faith, we're not confused. Why? Because we saw truth our whole life. It was pretty clear. It was pretty easy. But the younger generation is the one being attacked because they don't have a history of locking into the rootedness of truth yet, and the devil's trying to tell them there is no truth. Then they grow up confused. Confused. My dog knows it's a female. I, and we're not... We're not attacking the people that are struggling. We're calling out the spirit of lies behind all of that. Because as we're going to read in just a minute, Ephesians chapter 2, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins also in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest of them, we were by nature deserving of wrath. The difference between us and someone who doesn't know Yeshua and the truth is we found truth. And they are still being convinced 
by the angel of light that there is no truth. 2 Thessalonians 2, 9 and 10. The coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with how Satan works. He will use all sorts of displays of power through signs and wonders that serve the lie and all the ways that wickedness deceives those who are perishing. They perish because they refuse to love the truth and so to be saved. And this is exactly how Satan works. It's not new. It goes on to tell us that there are consequences for receiving this thing called, quote, the lie. Same chapter, 2 Thessalonians 2.11. For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie and so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth and have delighted in wickedness. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling in our culture and society at large, I just got back from a trip to Europe and been to America, here in Israel, friends around the world. It feels like a great delusion has now been poured out on the earth. And, and, and perhaps the great delusion could be there is no truth. What if that's the delusion? And someone's even trying to find truth now. They, maybe, they've, maybe they've decided that can't be right, and they're even looking for the truth, but the agenda of today's culture doesn't even want you to find it. That's why you get all of the propaganda, and you get the the, the media narratives, and, you, and you, you get censorship, and because God forbid you find the truth if you're actually looking for it. First, they want to convince you there isn't one, and when you try to look for it, they hide it from you. And that's what our young people are going through. But we're called to be people of the truth. I heard whether you, whether you like her or not like her, she is not the issue I'm about to say. It's just something she said, okay? There's a lady named Candace Owen. And last week, she was doing a report, an expose uncovering a lot of corruption. And they kept trying to cancel and shut her up and close her sites down. And the servers were down. And her, her YouTube account was down. And Facebook account happened to be down, you know. Really. All at the same time, huh? So finally, she got back on and she said, listen, for the rest of my life, I'm going to scream the truth louder than you can scream the lies. And I feel like as people of God, that's, that's what we're going to have to do. That's what we're called to do. That's the army you just joined, friends. You've got armor because there are, there are darts coming at you. If you were told nothing's coming at you, that was a lie. And guess who the perpetrator of that lie was? The father of lies himself. Well, we, we closed last week with this statement. The easiest way to defeat an enemy is to convince that enemy they're not fighting. There's no war. That's how you defeat an enemy. Now, it could be your pain from the past is lying to you. Some current situations you're going through may be lying to you. There's all kind of layers here that Satan and his forces would use. But never second guess what God's heart actually is behind all of that. 1 John chapter 3, 1 and 2. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. 
Dear friends, now we are children of God and what will we be has not been yet made known. But we know that when Messiah appears, we will be like him for we shall see him as he is. The demonic forces, you have to understand, they've been around a long time since the fall. They keep records, they keep charts, they keep history, they know your weak points, they, they, they share it on their little network. I just made that up. I don't even know if that's real. It seems like that would be real. I don't, just seems like they would get organized at some level, I don't know. But Satan, he knows when to push that button. He waits, he waits until you get a, a really good day of prayer in the presence of the Lord. You're intimate with the Lord. There's an openness to your heart. The word of God is in you. You're sharing faith with people. You're serving other people. And he's going to go, nope, boom. I'm going to hit the button that hurts you. And now you have a choice. Believe the lie. Project all of your past hurts into the future. God doesn't love me. He didn't take care of me then. He's not going to take care of me in the future. You always have a choice. Satan's going to try to bring those things up. This is the inner battle, guys. We're talking about the battle within us tonight. Take control of your own life because you can't trust God to do it. I think that's one we've all heard, right? Anybody heard that one? A little raise of hands. Take control of your own life because you can't trust God to do it. Yeah, I've heard that one. But we trust God. We believe God's words. Romans 4, several verses from Romans 4. What does Scripture say? But Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed, and so became the father of many nations. Just as it has been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised to do. Internal choices, the battle within us. Let me give you our third key phrase of tonight. The element we are fighting for is the truth but the battle is fought in the mind. The, the, the reward is truth, right? But that's not where you fight. The where, the location of the battle is going to be in your mind. The mind is the turf or the field of this particular battle. This is why we cannot simply let other people tell us what to think. That's why the world hates us, by the way. We are the most dangerous because we think for ourselves. And the world doesn't want that right now. The world wants to tell you what to think. It wants to control the narrative. It wants to shut down any opposing viewpoints because it doesn't like you to think. But we've been given a free will. We have power in our own mental capacity to think on the truth. We cannot allow evil to sit in our mind and to take root. This is why the Bible tells us to take every thought captive. You are responsible for every thought that comes in and whether or not you stop and think about it and meditate on it. 2 Corinthians 10.3, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. 
The weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to the Messiah. What is a stronghold but in your mind? What do you demolish? You demolish arguments and pretensions and false knowledge. Where does knowledge live? In the mind. That whole concept there of doing battle is in the mind. Your helmet of salvation guards your mind. There's other scriptures we could look to to prove a triangulation of the heart, mind, and mouth. If you think it, it'll get into your heart. If you let it in your heart, it'll come out of your mouth. That's why you don't let it into your mind. You guard your mind. You be very careful about your television and about your movies and about your magazines and about your iPad and your iPhone. Be very careful. I feel like I should get some kind of kickback for saying iPad and iPhone. Like I should get some kind of... This message of... This portion of the message is not sponsored by Apple. I just want to be clear. I don't think Apple likes our message. Hallelujah. Let's close with this, this verse, and worship team can come and help. Romans 1, 24 and 25. Therefore, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and they worshiped and served the created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. You know, we close with that verse because we're recapping being in battle having armor, being given a sword, being expected to use it. When you said yes to Yeshua, that was the beginning of the journey, not the end of it. That was the beginning of the battle, not the end of the battle. He has already finished his battle. That's why on the cross he was able to say, it's finished. Because he knew he had defeated eternally the forces of darkness. But Satan is still convinced. Friends, listen to me here. Satan is still convinced he is as powerful as God. You don't go to war with the Almighty unless you think you're going to beat the Almighty. And you say, how can he think that? Because he is the father of the lie. He is the creator of the great delusion. He himself is delusional. He couldn't find truth if you just put it right in front of him. He's been living this lie for so long. Satan thinks, friends, we did this on the Wednesday night discipleship class, and if you want to join us this Wednesday, we're going to pick it up right after this thought. Satan thinks this is his planet. Do you understand that? He is absolutely convinced this is his, and he has a right to it. 
And when God created Adam and Eve, we don't know at what measure Satan had authority and delegated authority on the earth before the rebellion. I don't know how to define that. But when God created Adam and Eve and he said to Adam, you're in charge now. You rule the earth. That's the moment that Satan moved to action. He said, no, you don't. That, that's my planet. And then he tricked Adam and Eve with the first lie to humanity. He had already lied to the angels a long time ago. You ever wonder why Yeshua calls Satan three times the prince of this world? Why would Yeshua refer to Satan with such a title? Because he had some level of delegated authority over the earth at some time in the past, and he still thinks this is his planet. After the immersion in water that Yeshua went through, he's in the desert being tempted. What does Satan say to him? If you bow down before me, I will give you all the kingdoms of the earth. I'm telling you, he thinks this is his planet. And we've engaged in a battle for truth. But that, that battlefield is in the mind. And the way we defeat Satan is to defeat the only weapon he's ever had, and that is to lie. Because he has no other weapon. And he's trying to convince the world right now. You know, this new strategy of not only trying to make the lie look better than the truth. He's past that now. I think he still does it, but he's kind of past that. Now the strategy is, well, there is no truth. Relative morality, and it keeps moving around. So the challenge before we worship again is this. What are we allowing to be put into our mind? If it all starts there, that decision, that choice, that, that last step of the process is gonna happen in the battlefield of the mind. The reward is truth. The world is trying to educate and indoctrinate us, especially our children. We will deal with that next week. The battle for our children. That's our sermon next week. Media indoctrination, relativism, hijacking, educational systems. We could go on and on, but you understand the point. He's trying to convince the world, number one, either that there is no battle at all, that's an easy way to win, number two, that the lie is more beautiful and beneficial than the truth, or number three, there is no truth at all. These are the three strategies he's using. Let's stand to our feet. I want to pray a blessing over you that this revelation would go deep inside of us that we are preparing ourselves. Don't forget the overall goal of the 21 days of prayer that we just started today. And if you engage in that, I promise you there will be battle. I'm warning you. And thank you for the prophetic team that prayed over me today. Special safety and protection because we are spearheading into this head on. So thank you for praying. Just lift your hands as you would. Open your hearts, open your minds to the Spirit. We engage when we're together. Father, we thank you for your word. We cast out a spirit of fear. 
It has no place in us. We embrace that battle is in front of us, that we are engaged in it now, but we can enlist and fight the forces of darkness without a spirit of fear. So we reject the spirit of fear. We receive the armor of God. We receive a sharp sword, a double-edged sword. We receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit of discernment and knowledge, dreams and visions, angelic hosts are around us. And we receive all of these tools to be actively engaged in the battle for this world. Thank you for choosing us. It's an honor to serve you in this way, God. We know the battle has already been won prophetically, but now we're called to be the people that make it happen functionally. But we can't do it without your presence, without your power, without your wisdom, without your truth. Rain it down upon us tonight, we pray in Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen.